My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker, Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my See? God. <laughs> That's crazy. great. We've had, we've, we've had 70 degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. So. My name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. I want to give a huge special thank you to our sponsors, Rogue Energy at RogueEnergy.com. Make sure you were checking them out at RogueEnergy.com. Check out all the amazing flavors that they have over there. All the energy without the crash, zero sugars, all available for you at RogueEnergy.com. While you're there, use the promo code O-L-E pods and get yourself 10% off your purchase. And a thank you to my good friend Al Snow over at Collar and Elbow Brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Turnbuckle Talk is the first ever sponsored podcast by Collar and Elbow. And we are very proud to say that. Make sure you're checking out CollarandElbowBrand.com. When they're making a purchase, use the promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off your entire purchase. This week, I'm joined alongside my good friends, OMD and Chris Best. OMD, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well, brother. Yourself? Oh, I'm doing very, very good. I'll throw our names up there for everyone. Chris, how are you doing? Doing good. Still still have that hangover from last night's amazing episode of Raw. Last night's episode of Raw was absolutely epic. A stacked show from beginning to end, keeping us going on this amazing train that we have been riding in the new Triple H era. Something that is maybe not so good that Booker T has come across with the WWE is that as of late, there has been a lot of crowd noise. 
Now, this crowd noise, yes, while some of it is definitely from the live crowd that is there, the company itself has been adding in a lot of fake audio to try and create distractions or distinct reactions inside the arena. This is something that uh, Booker T feels, uh, you know, it may be something to help push a certain narrative, but doesn't always really feel organic. Myself, I would definitely have to agree that it is not something that I feel uh, is organic. If we want to get a certain reaction out of the crowd, uh, then let that reaction happen. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Don't don't simply base everything off of how you expect it to go, because the fans of professional wrestling can go all over the place. That would be like us trying to take Stone Cold Steve Austin and pipe in booze. It just wouldn't work. No. Right. OMD, do you agree with Booker T here? I I do. Um but I also think that maybe in some cases they're trying to book too many big venues, right? Instead of using a 20 or 30,000 seat hockey arena, go to a smaller venue, do something like they've got with the CWC for NXT. Okay. You get that organic reaction. It's a smaller, more intimate crowd. Right. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, you touched on it. Wrestling fans can go either way. The best word, quote Daniel Bryan, is fickle. True. We are. We are very fickle. Yeah. No, we definitely are. We definitely are. Chris, what do you what do you think about this situation? I, I tend to agree with Booker as well, but there's one... one uh, one, there's one instance in where I understand the piping in the crowd, and that was during the Thunderdome era. They wanted okay. it, that was, even though that was still Vince trying to drive the narrative and tell us who to boo and cheer. There's something about for the athletes too being in the building that 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 je ne sais quoi, you know, where you can. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Like I'm, I got the Toronto Blue Jays on the screen right now, and they also piped in the crowd noises during ball games as well. And it just, I guess, I, I guess I remember one of them having said uh, that it actually adds to the atmosphere for when they're doing the show at that, at that point in time. But nowadays, why not just mic the crowd and yes. get the natural reaction? Definitely. That's, that's yeah. something that, that, that can be done and has been done before. Uh, they've had microphones. Some companies have done microphones underneath the ring to add that extra little bit of an oomph when, uh, you know, a competitor is body slammed onto the mat. Yeah. One of the problems with the Thunderdome era of sports entertainment uh, happened to be that if we were to turn the volume up on all of those screens that were there when people were able to live be there live on screen, dude, that acoustically would go sour yeah. fast. That's why yeah. it made sense to pipe in crowd noises then. Absolutely. Right. And during the empty arena when they were doing it at Full Sail or CWC mm-hmm. for Raw for SmackDown, 
for WrestleMania right. that matter as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense to pipe it in. Um, and I'm going to look at two distinct names, one from AEW, one from WWE, and that's MJF and Dominic Mysterio. Right. And I believe they are piping in a little more crowd noise, especially the booze, to get that extra oomph and give Dom that pause. Right. To stop. And so maybe they're trying to push him over more than he is. And I mean, he is over fantastically. Exactly. Yep. So they don't really need to. Um, now, MJF is just a natural heat magnet on his own yeah. and probably yeah. has X-Pac heat. And I can see why they would might, uh, they would pipe in for MJF because I know a ton of people who would rather cheer him for what he's doing as opposed to booing him. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Of course. I do want to make sure that everybody knows that tonight's topics have come from WrestlingInc.com and a bunch of the different writers that are over there. So I want to say thank you to Wrestling Inc. for the amazing work that you do over there, including uh, one of our friends with our local establishment, Ella J. This article was not by Ella J., but this one was by Matthew Wilkinson, letting us know about Booker T., and his comments on WWE piping in crowd noise. So I do want to make sure that everybody knows specifically Booker T said, it's not something I really think about or look at or anything like that. And he actually said this during one of his uh, hall of fame show uh, podcasts that he does. So just like when the, when they, we had the pandemic and they piped in crowd noise, it made the show a little bit better yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. The WWE used, uh, didn't use fans in live settings, so therefore they had to rely on piping in fake audio to make the show sound a little bit more realistic. That's something the Hall of Famer feels enhanced things, and he seemingly doesn't take an issue with the WWE adding a little extra volume now. However, he does believe that without the internet, a lot of people wouldn't be aware of it. So again, he says that he's really not paying too much attention to it, it is something that he thinks can help, but not at the same time. The thing is, the people that's writing about it uh, probably wouldn't have paid a whole lot of attention to it if someone wouldn't have written about it, Yeah, is kind of what he says. And let's take a look at where uh, Booker T is actually coming from, because like he he works at the at the Performance Center doing NXT. Yep. And some nights, some nights on when I'm watching NXT, it sounds like there's a lot more people in that audience than there really should be. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. It sounds like there's a like like a Madison Square Garden type. Of. Absolutely. But I do find that because it's got more of that independent show feel and it's the more intimate setting. Yeah. Then you're getting that better reaction. Now, yes, you've got your section that is chase you. Right. So, of course, they're there to support Duke and Thea and Andre. Um, right. Yep. So it's it's interesting, like, and I'd rather have that more organic feel. I know we've discussed this before. I was a fan of the empty arena because it allowed them to focus more on the work than on the crowd reaction. Exactly. Um, I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of it, but it was a way to keep the product going and keep us entertained. 
Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, see, it even was. during even during that area, I really thought that WWE was going to start paying attention more to the social media side of things to see what fans are saying about which segments sucked versus versus which ones were actually good. Right. I think I think that the WWE may still be going towards that, and here is why. Thanks to Nick Miller for this piece of article here. It says that the WWE announced this morning, being June 5th, that they have entered a multi-year partnership with the online streaming platform known as Twitch. That's right, the platform that we are on right now. WWE has partnered with them. As part of that partnership, WWE will reintroduce its official channel set to feature live and exclusive content with WWE stars. Additionally, the channel will stream a companion sidecast to WWE Raw set to debut along yesterday's episode. The stream is actually going to alternate between different hosts and will include appearances from WWE stars, providing a behind-the-scenes look at Raw on a weekly basis. Chris, what do you think here? Do you think that the WWE going back and bringing uh, you know, this product back to Twitch, especially with a sidecast, is this a good idea for them? I want to say yes, and I want to say no. Because, yes, they can reach out and finally actually reach out and talk to the fans as the show is going on. And I'm going to say no, because it's a bad thing for us. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. <laughs> However, if you want to watch our shows, it's real fans talking with real fans. That's yeah. right. Just just as we have in our, in our partnership with RealWrestling.net, News and views by real fans. That's who we are. We're the real fans. We are three guys who have actually worked inside the business. So we're bringing you our views from the inside. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say no. Not a good idea. Okay, no. why? Ex- explain. I, I, Lucy, <laughs> you got some explaining to do. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I do like the idea, but I think they're just following AEW All Access. Okay. Um, and trying to break down that fourth wall. Yes, they're trying to do it live during the show. I think a lot of this has to do with people like Zelina Vega, AJ Styles, and numerous talent having Twitch streams. Right. Mm-hmm. My uh, favorite one is Dakota Kai right now, so... <laughs> So, no, I don't agree with this because, again, yes, you're going to hit that key demo because now you're going to reach out to that 18 to 49 demographic at the time you want to reach them. Right. But when you're just following another company, when you're just, okay, we're going to do this. What's it going to create for us? What It's going to elevate Twitch more. Exactly. Than it is WWE. Right. And the question I have is which, how many wrestlers are actually going to want to do this? Yeah. And how many? I remember, I remember when WCW tried this years and years ago, way back before they even, I think it was back in like 2000, they tried it. Right. There was not one of, 
not many WCW guys wanted to do it. No. Yeah, and how many guys are you going to get that are, you know, mid to lower card as opposed to getting a superstar? Getting a Seth Rollins compared to Baron I can Corp. see I can see Seth doing it, but of course. Of course Seth. Um so this past April, an agreement between WWE and Twitch allowed talent to go back onto the platform with a few restrictions. And it seems this new partnership is just a continuation of that relationship. Now you talk about different names that are already on the platform that could potentially work with the WWE on its side of things, who I'm sure would be more than happy to work with them because they're already working with Twitch. We're looking even some lower level names like Drew Gulak. And then we've got Dakota Kai, Zelina Vega, Xavier Woods, you know, is, all it, of these, is Xavier you know, doing that on his own or is he doing that as part of up, up, down, down both to my understanding, both right now. But this could open up things for some of those who were doing it before to come back, such as AJ Styles. And I remember AJ actually being upset that he had to end his stream because of that what WWE had told him. Where right? I where I think this would be really beneficial would be if they brought back Cyber Sunday and did it as a Twitch PLE. That'd be kind of fun. I think so. I think that definitely would be. So on Twitch, we are going to be getting um, all premium live event press conferences and other live productions is what it is being announced as. But the press conferences will continue to stream on other platforms as well, namely YouTube, where they have been doing it already. So it's going to be, thankfully, still a free service with the limited restrictions that you're going to have, like ad placement and stuff like that when you're watching on Twitch at WWE's Twitch page. And that's another thing I got to wonder, too. That's another thing I got to wonder, too, is will WWE be able to use their own advertisers for, for Twitch? You see, that could be something that is inside that partnership. Yep. Could very well be. I know that, that uh, you know, us as just smaller streamers, we don't have that luxury. Uh, they just kind of play whatever ad is there. Yep. Right. So they might have the option to be able to have their own advertising in there, which could open up a world of opportunity for a lot more brands to Maybe piggyback off Pepper. of the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Right? It would be amazing if Dr. Pepper would take a look and see what Turnbuckle Studios has been doing as I take a sip of my non-sponsored Dr. Pepper. Yes, we need to make sure that we get a working relationship Dr. Pepper or Dr. Pepper Canada. <laughs> This guy doesn't need any Dr. Pepper because he's not even going to be in the United States or Canada for a large amount of time. I'm talking John Moxley. 
He recently announced that he actually has a resident card in Japan and that he plans to return to New Japan professional wrestling soon. Dylan Murray, thank you so much for this article that you've got. <coughs> New Japan professional wrestling Dominion saw John Moxley return to Japan since February of 2020. Moxley teamed against Shota Umuni, or uh, Imuno, sorry, and Claudio Castagnoli. In a losing effort against the never open weight six man tag team champions of Hiromo Ushi, uh, Hiroshi Ta- Tanahashi, and Kazuchika Okada. So we have already seen John Moxley kind of return there. Um, he's got a, He's got a, a a card. He's 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 essentially a resident. He's got a resident card for yep. Japan. Right. When his contract with AEW comes up, are we believing right now that John Moxley will leave AEW and make his return full time to New Japan professional wrestling? Or is this just another tactic for a working relationship between AEW and New Japan? OMD, what are your thoughts? I'm going to take another tactic for a working relationship. Okay. Because yeah. it, as you just messaged, mentioned, he lost the six-man tag team title match. Right. Against Kazuchika Okada, who is now facing who at Forbidden Door? Who? He's now facing Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door. Okay. I got to see the show now. Okay. Um, so now you're looking at that BCC versus New Japan. Right. Um, so now you're going to get that. And I believe that with the working relationship that New Japan already had with Ring of Honor, the fact that this is the second Forbidden Door pay-per-view right. coming up, I think it's just again bring it on he's already done the whole you know bring me japan last year when he had to go through suzuki and whoever else right so i think it's just you know what bring me tougher bring me stiffer competition so i do want to make mention that uh, at the show at dominion moxley made it clear that this was not a one-off saying i am so goddamn glad to be back in japan Reassuring fans that he won't be a stranger in New Japan. He says, I want to wrestle in Japan again. I've got plans. I've got a fucking resident card now. I will come back whenever the F I want. Hmm. So let's just make it clear. He's not moving to Japan because he just moved out of Las Vegas to back to Cincinnati. Right. So... But what this card is probably going to allow him and I would dare say Rene Paquette and their child to do is allow them to come and stay in Japan while Moxley tours with Japan to do the matches that he's booked to do there. Sure. Yeah. And I, even- do this, I do see this, as OMD said, as a some sort of a partnership with New Japan and AEW. So right. there's got to be some kind of a fair trade that's going on there. Yeah. I could also there, there see him. Be retire to japan when his fighting days are over 
it's very to, possible to live in peace and yes he's going to be recognized because he's john f and moxley right but right yeah it'll be very interesting anyways to see what happens here um he said that he is he's going to be back he said that he will be there and that he wants to continue to be there um I hope that he does because he does fantastic over there. Um, you know, he completed sporadically for New Japan uh, after he left the WWE in 2019. Yeah. Debuted at the 2019 Best of the Super Juniors Finals. Um, Moxley won the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship from Juice Robinson in his first match with the company. Took part in the G1 Climax. Like, he's done a lot over there, and the people know who he is and recognize who he yeah. is. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy about this, and I'm happy to see what. He's, he's basically happen. expanding his horizons as far as wrestling goes. Yeah, he, he definitely is, and he has been since the very beginning, since his time with the WWE came to, to an end. He has been he has been doing that continuously, yeah. expanding what he can do, where yeah. he can go. And I mean, let's not forget, he does own Pro Wrestling Revolver with Sammy Callahan. Right. He's competed for GCW. He's competed for CZW. He could mm -hmm. go and do DDT. He could go and do Noah. He even competed for Impact for a brief while, too. Yes, yep. he did. There is so much that he could do. 100%. I'm wondering what this person is going to do. It is a full series of unknowns at this point. But Paul Heyman has teased that there is a big decision forthcoming for Jay Uso. This Friday on Friday Night Smackdown, make sure that you're watching the watch along with our good friend Tom Callahue, an amazing guy. You can find him on Twitter at Callahue. Find him on Twitch and YouTube at Tom Callahue, where he does a Friday night watch along stream. I'm sure this is going to be a huge discussion that he will be having. So on last night's episode of Raw, Paul Heyman issued an ultimatum, telling Jay that although he and Jimmy may have shared a womb, there is no one he will ever be closer to than the tribal chief. Said that Jay would have to acknowledge that fact on Friday night. Smackdown. Now, this is something that we have been seeing for the longest time already. The Usos questioning their loyalty to Roman Reigns. This has been great for the storyline of the bloodline. How much further do we see this going? OMD. I see this finally playing out and coming to its conclusion at SummerSlam. Okay. Um... I think you're going to see Jay Uso again with the confusion. 
Okay. Because, I mean, you take a look and you go back to the Royal Rumble when Sammy snapped and crushed Roman with the chair. Yeah. Jay was conflicted after begrudgingly accepting Sammy. Yep. Jimmy, who was always in Sammy's corner, was the one that kicked him. Right? Now you've got this. Jimmy is the first one to turn on Roman, and Jay is conflicted. I think what you're going to see is at SummerSlam, Jimmy Uso versus Roman inside Hell in a Cell with Jay as the guest ref. As much as I am not a fan of family versus family, this is brilliant. (laughs) I think it definitely is as well. Chris, what do you think? I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to remember when Roman beat Jay inside Hell in a Cell, there was a stipulation, right? Where if Jay lost, he had to forge an, ali- an alliance with Roman, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, okay. So he was, uh, we're building up to Jay finally kicking Roman's head off. And that's probably going to happen on SmackDown. I feel like though we could have used a couple more weeks to build to it, but. Okay. Um, I really do think that Jay's going to be the one that do it, does it. And at Money in the Bank, we're going to get the Usos taken on Roman and uh, Solo, which gives us another month with Roman without the with not defending the title. That's a whole other story right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't see Jimmy being the one challenging Roman at SummerSlam. I see Jay being the one who challenges him. Okay. No, it's it's fair. It's fair, and it's great point. Um, but I like this conflict that Jay has within himself right now. Yeah. Of who do I choose? Where do I go? Where does my allegiance lie? Or do we see him snap and lay out both Jimmy and Roman and go and say, I want to go to Raw? And go that's, a that's a possibility as well, right? Or does he just go with Solo and like does 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 it, do we see you know Solo kind of say I'm done with all this family drama llama bullshit and just kind of throw his hands up and step away after whatever we're going to be seeing on SmackDown? And that's the next question I have too: is after this whole Bloodlines thing comes to an end, where do you go with these four guys? Yeah, right, right. I think that we definitely yeah. could see. The Usos maybe possibly still staying as a tag team and going after tag team championships once again. Solo on his Kinda own. Don't need them going after the belts, but <laughs> no, we don't need it. But like no. being that tag team, yeah, right that that is vying for those championships. That's building and working towards getting that again. Um, but there is Solo, right? Yeah, there is Solo's one Koa to go after Roman. There is one, one more factor that plays into this. Okay. And that is a gentleman, a member of the bloodline, <coughs> and his reaction on social media the other day when he posted the word enough. And that man being Rikishi. Okay. I know he was petitioning leading into WrestleMania about coming to TV to help settle this drama. 
I think Rikishi is taking some drugs <laughs> because he's clearly flip flopping from what I have seen, especially after last edition of SmackDown, where the Bloodline segment killed it. Yeah. Killed yeah. it in social media ratings garnering over four, 40 million views across social media and YouTube, according to the WWE, making it the most socially watched segment of 2023, to which wow. Rikishi puts out there, blood finger up is good for business. Hashtag bloodline numbers don't lie. WWE universe has spoken. So if he's at one point saying enough and at another point going bloodline numbers don't lie, this is good for business. What kind of drugs is he, this guy? So he's not, not that I know of. I don't want anybody to think that we're saying that he's doing drugs because that's not, where's his head at? Yeah. If this is the flip floppiness that he's got going on. Yeah. Now, the other thing, and I'm going to say this is could you get Jimmy or somebody else stepping in and saying, well, why is Paul Heyman influencing the bloodline and taking all the heat off of Roman? Because I'll bet you 10 to 1, if Heyman was excommunicated, you'd get that unity back um because they could also put it on that since solo was the nxt north american champion albeit for a week why has he not been allowed to go after theory why was he not allowed to go after gunther for the intercontinental u.s titles and get himself gold as opposed to just being the enforcer i kind of see solo being like what batista was to evolution yeah, where we've already seen it, where where he's taken a, ga- a, gl- a gander at Roman holding the belt or had a look at the belt. I feel like somewhere down the line, I don't know when and where, where we are going to get Solo and Roman for the title. I, I I fully believe that as well. I I definitely do. JJ, thank you so much for popping in, my friend. I appreciate you greatly talking about uh we're not saying rikishi's on drugs jj's <laughs> saying something different about himself yep. but i do see omd's point of view i can see rikishi coming in and trying to be like a mediator maybe to try and reunite the bloodline but obviously it's gonna blow up <laughs> yeah well i mean it is his three sons right yeah and I mean, I totally get that, but do we need another person to be coming in to do something with this entire situation? I don't think it's needed. No. Let no, this I, play out the way that it is, the way that it has been playing out. I agree. Yeah. We don't need to start including the rest of the family. No, no, we don't. Well, they I mean, tried. They wanted to do that back when they were going to do the acknowledgement ceremony. Yeah, a few I was months ago, and it wound up the, being the trial of Sami Zayn. Yeah. I right. was going to say back when they had uh, the bloodline started off, Ben Sika were already part of the storyline, right? And I mean, it de- definitely they were right, but they they mm-hmm. weren't like 
they weren't a huge part. They were just kind no, of they were they they were they were up on the yeah. stage. They just did the you know pass of the torch, finger up, whatever, yeah. all good, gone. Yeah, right. Not actually getting involved really in the storyline, in the ring, anything like that. JJ says, let's call it what it is: money grab to milk the cow for what it's worth. But for me, seeing Rikishi come back, I don't give a shit. No. I don't give a shit at all. No. That would not draw me in. Rikishi what's he going to do? Be part what, of this. What's he going to do? Come back, squash somebody and say, I did it for you, Roman. <laughs> right? Like, it wouldn't do anything for me. No. It I'd be fine with seeing Rikishi come back, but not with the bloodline kind of thing. Maybe come back and do like a Royal Rumble spot or something and that's it, you know? Okay. I, I mean, don't even want that, that might be that right. may be good too, but like just a nostalgia he, act, like Carlito was a couple weeks back. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I would would on want to see that either, though. Like, unless you're doing a um a, a, a superstar, like classic superstar type of situation, right? Like yeah. we're bringing back the nostalgia, but we're bringing yeah. a whole bunch of them in. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. When... A legends battle royal or something. Yeah, right. Like I would be, I would definitely be okay with that. Well, JJ says they aren't doing it for fans like us, but we are the mini- minority in the landscape. Yeah, we definitely yeah, are, we are, and I, I totally get 100%. that. Yeah, we definitely are. You know, as somebody who is little bit closer to making their way into the ring with their in-ring debut on Monday night. Raw is one Maxine Dupree. <laughs> we have been noticing over the last several weeks a rivalry start to begin. Dupree, who is with the Alpha Academy, the Alpha Academy has been having some uh, good matches with the Viking Raiders. Yeah. With Valhalla at ringside with them as well. And we have seen the interaction happen between these two, Dupree and Valhalla. Nothing has been made official as of yet, but this obviously is what we are building towards. Yeah. We are building yes. towards these two. And I'm hoping that we get this sooner then later yes and we haven't even seen maxine dupree even back when she was sophia cromwell in nxt in a ring the problem i have with this is that yes the viking raiders are the heel team in this right but we saw this action a couple of weeks ago where maxine pulled off the heel tactic and then tried to run away and tripped over the stairs and then got up and proceeded to run away with Sarah or with Valhalla chasing her. You can call her Sarah Logan. It's fine. <laughs> um, so it's sort of like, is she trying to, is she going to be coming out as a baby face or is she going to be sort of this anti-hero or is she? Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of slowly what we have been building towards and going to, right? So we had, first she came in with the Maximum Male Models over on to the Raw brand, and now she has left the Maximum Male Models, who seemingly have just disappeared off of the face of the earth, 
and has aligned herself now with Alpha Academy after recruiting Otis to join the group. Instead, she joined Alpha yes, Academy. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to say again is that, yeah, she was there to recruit Ot Otis to join uh, the Maximum Male Models. Mm -hmm. But in the end, Alpha Academy ended up recruiting her. And now how I want to see them build this match. Remember when the, uh, Shane McMahon trained Vince McMahon to be in the 99 Royal Rumble? All those comedy segments that we got. Right. I would love if they did that with Maxine. Sure, and that, that would be a fantastic hilarious. way to make her baby as yeah. opposed to heel. That would be fantastic. Although I we are slowly it. starting to get her turn to being face. Yeah. Anybody else have any other uh, anything else they want to say about Maxine Dupree being closer to her in-ring debut? I'm actually turning around on her like for the, like the longest time I didn't care for her. But now okay. I'm, I'm actually become I'm actually finding myself very entertained by her. Yeah. Yeah. Even in NXT, when she was with Robert Stone and Von Wagner, it was like. You're just there to watch and check out the guy's ass. Right. Yeah. <coughs> As opposed oh. to actually doing anything valet esque or managerial or. Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, somebody who is not in a managerial role and unfortunately is not with us any longer, except in video format and soon in video game format is one Owen Hartz. AEW Fight Forever has finally given us a look at the video game and our first look at Owen Hart's appearance in the video game after 19 years of Owen Hart not being in a video game. Now, I have some very, oh, right. very bad things to say about this, and I'm going to say about in its entirety. So it's absolutely fantastic that we see Owen Hart back in a video game, back in the hearts of the wrestling worlds and fans. And I totally get that. This video game itself looks like absolute shit and garbage for AEW to be a company that claims that it wants to be a game changer in this business. They have taken themselves back 20 to 30 years by trying to make this video game look like it should be coming out on the Nintendo 64 as opposed to being good quality gaming that we see today. And that includes how god awful the character of Owen Hart looks. Such a disgrace in my books. I'm not the video game guy here, though. You two are. So, Chris, I want you to start this off. Give me your reaction to Owen Hart being included in the video game, the look, yeah. as well as just your thoughts on the game itself. Okay, so first of all, that does not look like Owen Hart. It looks more like Bruce Hart. Right? <laughs> he totally looked more like Bruce Hart to me, but... 
um, I'm on the side of gaming. Like I'm a hardcore gamer, play like games nonstop every day. To me, graphics don't make a difference in the game. It's whether or not the game actually plays really well okay. and has an intriguing storyline. So that's what I'm looking forward uh, forward to seeing in the AEW game. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up as, on launch day, though. <laughs> and I, I just I need to see more features from the game. It, and enough of this just watching... <laughs> We've this is like year. i've only seen i have only seen stills i haven't seen actual gameplay footage of the owen hart character but it does look awful it reminds me i'm gonna throw it way back to high energy owen hart when he was with coco beware okay okay um, yeah i was gonna say he does he did look more like the high energy version of of that owen um I lost my train of thought on what I was saying. Oh, I, I wanted to. Oh, yes, I want to see more features. Like, I want to see like what kind of arenas they have there. I want to see like the different match types. I want to see the casino battle royale being played. Okay. I've heard now, it's actually in the game. I I have seen some other gameplay footage of like Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. I've seen some Kenny Omega footage, and it actually does look fantastic. Um, now again, I'm like, Chris, I'm not sold on going out to get it day one. Right. See what I mean? He looks like Bruce Hart. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to give a thank you to Chris Danger on Twitter, uh, for, because he added an advanced copy here. He was That's able to, uh, play it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, uh, just a huge thank you to him. Uh, for this, for this tweet that he put out. But yeah, there you go. That is, that's what the Owen Hart looks like inside this game. Let me see if this will transition over. There is that's, a little bit more. Like that one looks a little bit more like Owen. This yeah. next one really, to me, does not. I don't, I don't, it's insane to see him back in a video game. Yes, just like Chris Danger says, but... I don't know from, from what you see from the graphics that you see in behind, it looks absolutely gorgeous Yeah. to the, these characters that we're seeing just does not look the same to me. No. Well, they did state resonate. at the start of the development of the game that they were going to go with a more arcadey look, right? Right. Our local establishment coming in saying, hey, hey, gents, just wanted to stop by and tell you all Chris Parrish's favorite talent, Dana Brooke, has entered the NXT Women's Number One Contender Battle Royale. Uh, that's okay. That's very cool. That yep. is very cool. Hello, Astrid. There we go, OMD. You got it. <laughs> Good to see you, Astrid. Thank you so much for coming in. Love you, girl. And thank you to who I assume this is probably going to be either Bobby or Ed, one of the two, uh, letting us know about Dana Brooke here. That's some good breaking news for the show. Yes. Yeah. Now, one of the other things with this game that I, have, that I have heard, now I don't know whether this is reality or not, <laughs> is... That it's not going to be an annual release. 
Right. It's going I'm, to be one I'm, game updated yearly. I'm fine with that. I've been saying that for all sports titles that every two to three years put out a new game. Yeah, no, this is going to be updated yearly. It's not going to be a new game. They're not going to go back to do Fight Forever 2024. Yeah. Fight Forever 2025. Some years you're going to have a MyGM mode, other years you won't. Um, now you've got Cody Rhodes is going to be in this game. Right. Right. Yeah, because uh, they stated, I remember uh, Kenny Omega was asked this after Cody had left it's too late to take him out of the game. Yeah. yeah. But they took CM Punk off the cover. Now, did they take him out of the game or is he going to be a paid character that you're going to have to buy? Yeah. Is he going to be an in-game purchase? I don't know. I think, I think for Cody Rhodes that he should, he should just be included. If he's not there with the company anymore, don't make people purchase him. Just have him included in the game and leave someone else who is currently on the roster of AEW. People are going to be more apt to purchase that character because they're seeing them on a weekly basis on AEW programming. That would be better for, for me anyways. Yes. And gentlemen, before we hit the showstopper segment, I do have to hit the locker room. Okay. All right. So the, for me, like when it comes to wrestler DLC, I I'm unlike OMD. I would I'd rather see legends come into the game, but I can't even pinpoint who AEW would pick other than Owen Hart for legends. To be honest with you. Right. No, no. And I, I definitely get that. I really do. Um, I just I, I wish that it, it looked better. That's my uh-huh. only thing. And I understand that it's a THQ uh, game and that's kind of their trope. Yeah. Right. Like that. And that's, that's kind and that's of the, the way thing. that a lot of them look. But and that's the thing, too, is you got to remember when uh, THQ was working with WWE, they were a huge company, but then they closed down a bunch of their assets. So now they're just this one small, tiny company now. Yeah. And I and I totally get that. I do. It just I don't know. It's just weird. To me, it's just weird. It just doesn't Yeah. Well, like I said, if I I kind of want to wait to see if there's gonna be a free demo of the game that comes out so I can try it right. out before I buy it. No, totally understandable. And I, I think that that's uh, that may be a very, very good idea. Um but again. I don't think that they'll probably do that because of how long people have been waiting for this game to come out. Yeah. I think that they're just going to kind of be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're not given a free demo because everybody's been waiting and we know that they are going to pay for this no matter what. Yeah. So they don't care. They have no reason to. But there, right. there are a lot of people that are on your side, Carl, that I've read comments about who are just not happy with the graphics at all. So, Yeah, and again, wrapping this one up, it's a THQ game. We understand THQ now is a smaller company, and this is kind of what they're known for. This is their trope. We get yeah. it. We understand. We just wish that they could do better. A tag team in New Japan professional wrestling that has been doing absolutely freaking amazing right now is the team of Bishamon. If you guys do not know who Bishamon is, Bishamon 
is Yoshihashi and Hiroku Goto. They became double champions in New Japan professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. How fucking amazing. Oh, I swore on my own show, and I usually don't say the F word on my show. How amazing is that? That's how excited I am about this. I'm like losing all control here. Hiroku Goto and Yoshihashi, known as Bishamon, have become or arguably one of the most dominant tag teams in professional wrestling, not just New Japan, but in, in the entirety of professional wrestling. This past weekend, they won the vacant IWGP heavyweight and the New Japan Professional Wrestling Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships at Dominion. Holy shit balls, dude. The, like, like, I'm I'm absolutely blown away. The duo that, that is part of Chaos went through and defeated Evil and uh, Takahashi, as well as the United Empire's Great Okan and Aaron Hanair. Wow, man. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Chris. I know that you were kind of hinting to show a little bit of excitement there for this when uh, I brought it up. Yeah, because I'm a huge mark for Hiroki Goto, so like... Okay. I'm excited. I'm happy. But I couldn't remember Yoshihashi for a second. I was thinking you were I, I was thinking you were gonna go with Yo, uh, I was thinking he was Yoshitatsu, but oh no, 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 no not even close. <laughs> Definitely not close on the pictures. I just looked up just to make sure I knew who he was. I do know who he is, and I'm very jacked about that as well. Okay. Right? And I know OMD, you're not a huge proprietor of watching New Japan professional wrestling. Uh, have you seen anything that these two have done? No, I haven't. I've heard the name of Yoshihashi. I have never even heard of Hiroki Goto. Uh, okay. So I'm sort of, you know, like that is fantastic. And the for fact them. that he beat the other guy that I'm a huge fan of, Evil. I'm a huge mark for him too. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> have you seen anything from Evil? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I want Evil to go to WWE. <laughs> I, I think that would be really cool as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely would be. Uh, it, like this was this was just oh, fantastic! And how you this just all gave came me a about? To watch Dominion now, Carl. <laughs> right, right. I still have to as well. Um, <coughs> but I just couldn't pass up on this news because I don't think enough people are talking about what happens in New Japan professional wrestling, and especially something like this. We we get a double title match. That, that came into being after Aussie Open were forced to vacate due to Mark yeah. Davis's injury. Right. Wow. Like, and, and now you've got Aussie Open having officially signed with AEW. Exactly. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I don't. But at this point, I don't care because no. we have got this team holding both of those championships. Bishamon forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. I can't remember how I can't do it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I want to get into a little bit of speculations with you guys before we get to our main topic of the night. These speculations are going to be coming and revolving around, yes, once again, a announcement 
from Tony Khan. That's right. Tony Khan is going to be announcing the first AEW Collision main event tomorrow night on Dynamite. Who do you guys think is going to be this first matchup or the first main event matchup on Collision? Astrid, you are so right. Andre and Melbourne's stream that they do. They 100% discuss New Japan professional wrestling. They need to be showcased a little bit more for that because New Japan is amazing. And so are they. OMD, I want your thoughts first here. I'm going to go with a triple threat and three returning superstars to AEW. Okay. And I'm going to go with Andrade versus Miro versus CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree on the CM Punk part, but he's already announced that CM Punk will be included and on that first episode, CM Punk's going to want the main event because he's CM Punk. Right? Yeah. I don't see CM Punk wrestling on the show. I see him coming out and clearing the air as to what happened in a promo, in a half shoot kind of way. I don't know. That would be a terrible thing to do. In my agree because I'm not, I'm not a fan of punk anymore either. So I don't punk is great on the mic. Don't get me yeah. wrong. 100%. When he has that stick in his hand, he's fantastic. But all of this stemmed from that press conference where he had a microphone, an open freaking microphone, and just went off. Yeah. What, oh, if, we got a CM, what if we got a CM Punk and Kenny Omega kind of situation? I'm kind of liking what Astro is saying here, though. So, Joe and Punk. Oh yeah, Astrid. So, oh, so for those that are listening to the audio, I just, and like the video. I, just remi- I just got reminded that their matches in ROH. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, so for hold on, hold on. For those that are listening, Astrid says half shoot promo and challenging Samoa Joe. Yes, those two have a history together. Wow. Yeah, I know that Joe has been rumored to be Punk's first opponent when he returns. But Interesting. I, I think you're going to see maybe it's maybe you do that triple threat. Joe comes out, takes out CM Punk, and then you've got Andrade versus Miro. As your main event. Yeah. And I would have been fine with that. Andrade and Miro can put on a hell of a match. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Andrade turned down the spot a few weeks ago to do what Miro and Thunder Rosa did going into Tony Khan's office on Dynamite. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so. Yeah, JJ saying Astrid in her wrestling mind. Great insight, Astrid. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for coming in. I'll get to that comment in just a moment here after we finish with this discussion. 
did they announce who the roster is going to be on this on the new AEW show? No, they haven't. No. Carl and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and it was the portal something portal. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what that was, but we were oh. kind of talking like like it could be like a portal type of situation where we're taking stars from, you know, Dynamite and bringing them in. Right? Bringing them yeah. over, allowing them to move back and forth as if they're traveling through a portal type of thing. So but you can use a lot of your let's say your a lot of your underutilized talent could be just main guys who stick to that just that show, right? It could very well be. Yeah, we just, we don't know yet. It could very well be. Oh, <laughs> JJ says, I'm headlining, Chris. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Get to Kyle's comment here. Kyle says, sub turnbuckle. You see Matt Hardy said in an interview that Orange Cassidy is like the undertaker with a face palm emoji. Um, I did not read the article. Oh, that's but he said that Orange Cassidy has some similarities to The Undertaker. And that's the other thing. Speaking of Matt Hardy, going back to the AEW video game, he's the pre-order wrestler if you pre-order the game. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. You get hit, you get him as Matt Hardy, w, the WWE Matt Hardy, and broken Matt Hardy. And you know what I say to that? Whoopity-doo! Oh, yep. Yeah. Lucas Thomas says, uh, "Sub turnbuckle, you saw you see Damian Priest after the show shake hands uh, with Seth Rollins." That I did. I saw yep. that. Yep, sure did. Um, I wouldn't look too too far into that though. That was uh, just a sign of respect because those two put on a hell of a match last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. That that that's all that that was. Yeah. It's going to take us now to our final topic here of the night, where. We are looking for the WWE to do something different <laughs> because it seems as though they continue to go back to uh, what's what may feel safe for them, but turns to absolute shit to everyone else. We're going to talk about this new universal championship that the WWE has brought in for Roman Reigns after his 1,000 days as champ. Yes, just as champion. I was going to include fighting champion in there, but I'm not going to include that right yeah. now. So as you can see in the graphic, and I'm sorry for those that are listening to the audio, you can't see this, but you can look it up on the Google box. You can see the uh, gold-colored undisputed WWE Championship. In comparison to the last two, the Universal and the WWE Championship, they are the exact same damn thing with different freaking colors. That's it. Lazy belt design. <laughs> I'm even saying lazy belt design for the new world heavyweight championship as well. They could have done something different with that. But for the amount of people we talked earlier about the social media and, and going to Twitch and listening to the people and maybe hearing them a little bit more. Why have they not seen 
the numerous amounts of tweets, the numerous amounts of Facebook posts, Instagram posts, TikToks, all of these different things with people talking about how it would be amazing for Roman Reigns to have a version of like the winged eagle or the big eagle or something different as opposed to just getting the same shit different day. And I just want to say, like, I play, I've been playing WWE 2K22. I put the winged eagle belt on Roman Reigns and he looks good with it. He looks fantastic Um, with it. I'm going to say this because I did read an article shortly after Seth was crowned the new world heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they did put some throwbacks onto that belt. Apparently at the top, there is a, an Eagle. Yeah. For the winged Eagle. There are different throwbacks to those things. Do I necessarily like the new title with Roman? No, but I do like the fact that it's down to one. I've been tired of him carrying two belts for three years. And see, he I only carries like, one. Paul Heyman carries the other one. I just kind of like the dominant look he had, like uh, he would have after winning a match and him standing on the corner holding both belts high. But I think I would have waited till after SummerSlam to reveal the new belt so that you have you have time to hire someone to design a brand new belt. What do you mean had time? How much freaking they've had a thousand fucking days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like when they contracted uh, whoever it was, they contracted to build Seth Rollins' world heavyweight title. Why couldn't they just say, "Hey, can you build this title too?" Right? Yep. Oh my goodness! There is so much, so much. Yeah. Now, I mean, we mentioned last night that they've gone to back to the clips on the title as opposed to the oh, Velcro straps. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Taking a look at the championships, though, okay, it does look as though there is both still. So I'm I'm still putting that out there. You right. can. It's hard to see in this picture here because I kind of covered it up, but it looks as though there is Velcro and snaps on it. So I'm not. I'm not 100% sure that it is only just um, snaps. See, I'm pretty what I sure that it's both. I think the what I would have done is maybe gone to what WWE did when they bastardized ECW and gone with a platinum-looking title. You know what? I days. love that championship. Yeah, I actually like that belt design myself. The big silver? Yeah, gorgeous. I love that belt. They should they could have done that for Roman. Definitely they could have. And There's no reason been... why they couldn't have done something like that. And and yes, Roman Reigns carrying around two championships makes him look absolutely huge. Makes him look like the shit of shits. And 100% it does. But could you imagine a championship that is bigger take the old andre the giant championship belt take the old andre redesign that that thing was massive or the big green give that i mean not exactly the design of the big green but that size here's the other thing that i'm going to suggest and 
you know, Cody did it is bring back the white strap like they had on the Intercontinental title. You put the big silver on that white strap. Right. But for, for the Roman Reigns character, the white doesn't work. White equates to good and pure. Roman is nowhere near good and pure. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that this was a very big missed opportunity once again by the WWE for them to have introduced back something um, in a nostalgia type of situation, but making it new for those new viewers that are part of the show to allow us something different. With that being said, my name is Carl Carafel. I am joined alongside this week by Chris Best and OMD. And I want to say thank you to both of them and all of you that have joined us and that are listening to us here today. If you have not done so, make sure that you're checking out all of the socials for our local establishment as Turnbuckle Talk and Turnbuckle Studios is in cahoots with our local establishment. And I want to make sure that all of you are finding Turnbuckle Studios and everything having to do with that at my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. I host Monday night's raw watch along turnbuckle talk and some other things that are out there and available as well i know that chris best and omd both are kind of a fan of comic books sometimes and that they enjoy their superheroes just as much as anybody i'm reading walking dead right now so (laughs) i want you to go and check out our friends with invasion comics at invasioncnc.ca Whether it's comic books, collectibles, card games, or Funko Pops, they have got a little something for everyone. Check out Invasion Comics at invasioncnc.ca. Use their secure website and have your products shipped to you. I know that we've discussed this yesterday, but Chris... Where can people find you? And do you have anything else coming up this week with us here at our local establishment? Um, I've got nothing going on this week uh, with OLE, um, but you can check me out at CBRS Entertainment on my YouTube or give me a follow at 83 Films on Facebook. OMD. You can find me on Facebook at Daniel Harisic, H-R-Y-C-Y-K for those that are interested. Follow me on Snapchat at One Man Dynamic, capitals O-M-D. And you can catch me this Thursday night at 8 o'clock with Bubba Duke on the Boar's Nest. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to this edition of Turnbuckle Talk. We will see you all on the next one. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>